You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat podcast. This is the questions version that we do every week. I am Tim Fitzgerald. I'm joined by Ryan Gilbert, Zach Carlson, and we're all a little bit grumpy today. Just grumpy. I don't know. We'll, we'll get over it. We'll have snacks. We'll have some early show snacks, maybe some jello. Maybe our moms will bring us some jello. Pudding. Pudding would be nice, Gills. Do you like pudding? I'm not a fan of pudding, but I could go for some like halftime orange, you know, like an orange snack, like the old old days at soccer. That'd be cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's healthy. We're not doing that. Speaking of healthy, make sure you stop into the fridge whenever you come to Manhattan, Kansas, and get your vitamins. I let them. I prefer vitamin vitamin V. There's vitamin I can't speak vitamin bourbon. Um, there's all kinds of vitamins there at the fridge. Get your health food in liquid form. Stop at the fridge at this and that in this town in which we live. I guess it's the corner of this and that. I can't even do my jokes right today. Oh, brothers. Man, that was just a miserable performance. But I'm glad some people made it down to Aggieville, went to Tanner's. Did you see uh, someone tried out the uh, pepperoni rolls there, Zach, at the high-low? They loved them. I did see that. I loved them. Are they pepperoni bricks? Pepperoni bricks. Bricks. Bricks sound so much more substantial than rolls. Bricks sounds like you could build a house out of them. And then, you know, like, eat the house in times of trouble. But get into the high-low and tanners whenever you're in town. Right after you stop at the fridge, which is where they buy their liquor. It's a circle of life. This is going to be interesting. Fans are grumpy. We're a little bit grumpy. Things didn't go well. Uh, as we hit the record button on this podcast, Arkansas State's got a bunch of covid cases back from Sunday's testing that are positive, which means they were probably positive on Saturday because their earlier tests had been negative. So it could get very interesting. I will have more about this later at Wabash Station for our subscribers. I think you'll uh, appreciate the inside info. But I tell you what, guys, there's a chance I... There's a chance they may not be playing in Oklahoma. I think the Sunday testing was fine, but as we get into the week or by the end of the week when the incubation period's over, we're going to see what happens to the positive tests. That would be just fantastic to not only lose to Arkansas State, but get a bunch of COVID infections out of that one game. That'd be just dandy. Ah, oh, man, I'm grumpier now. And before we start, let me... Let me just do some in-house advertising. We're promoting our newsletter right now. We've always offered the newsletter. It costs absolutely nothing. And what we do with the newsletter is we send you the day's headlines. Some of them are VIP, but for the most part, we're just saying, hey, here's the news of the day. Maybe we do it twice a day sometimes. But if there's breaking news, we'll send you a newsletter. We don't sell the list. We don't do anything with the list. The list is there 
for one purpose is to send out the newsletter. There's advertising in the newsletter. That's how we pay for it. There's advertising in the newsletter, and we hope you sign up for Go Powercat after receiving the newsletter. Go to the middle of the front page and sign up for the newsletter. We're not going to pepper you. We're not going to harass you. We're not going to sell you. We're just going to sign you up for a newsletter and let you know what's going on with the K-State News. We also have a text alert service. You can find that on the front page. That's pretty cool, too. And we save that for the really big stuff. Something big happened, including a recruiting commitment or some other headline news. That's how we use the text service. Mostly, though, you're listening to the podcast. And I hope you're subscribing to the PowerCat podcast because we are putting these out almost daily, basically daily. Now with Gills adding in the 10 of 12 podcast, the podcast and on which I was a guest, and that's how I met him. And I said, this Ryan Gilbert kid is pretty good. It's something totally different. It's Big 12 driven, and it's one guy for the most part sitting around talking about what's happened in the Big 12. He has guests, but it's it's a little bit different, and it's a different voice, and it's incorporated in. He has a freestanding website. It's available at another service also. But I wanted everyone to get exposed to 10 of 12 while he's working for us. It's really good stuff. He's really, really good in that kind of format. So sign up for the PowerCap podcast. If you don't understand how this works, you subscribe to a podcast at Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you want to use, whatever you use for your podcast. You hit subscribe. Doesn't cost anything. And then when a new podcast comes out, it's delivered to your device. You don't even have to do anything. So go subscribe to the podcast. Sign up for the newsletter. Take advantage of the things that we provide at GoPowerCat that are free. And at the end of the day, we hope you subscribe to our VIP service. At most, it's 10 bucks a month. It's cheaper if you go annual. And there's always sales. In fact, the, the perma sale, so to speak, is the one buck for your first month. Just give it a test drive. That's the end goal. We continue to put out more K-State coverage, and I'm going to say it, probably than all other outlets combined at times. GoPowerCat.com. We cover K-State seriously. Do we take some stands? Will we make you mad at times? Will we challenge you? Yeah. Yeah. We will. But we love doing this. We love doing this, and we're all K-Staters. So we see things like you see things in many ways even though we won't always agree. Okay, let's move on to the podcast. This is how it works if you're new here. You ask the questions at Wabash Station. Our VIP people, that's one of their benefits. They ask the questions, we answer them, and off we go. Here are your questions from Wabash Station with our MC Ryan Gills Gilbert, because we couldn't think of any other nickname. Take it away. First question of the podcast from StatCat. Why were there so many players on the sideline in sweats for game one? Has the NCAA changed the number of players you can suit up for a game or were that they uh, had many guys either injured or in the doghouse? Well, what you're looking at are guys that uh, weren't able to play. They might be coming out of quarantine, but they hadn't practiced enough to really go play. Um, They might be positive tests and they're kind of over everything and they might be negative now, but they haven't practiced in weeks. That's the problem. It's not just about how long you're out. 
you don't take three weeks off and then jump in and play on Saturday without practice at all. You're probably out of shape a little bit. You're not prepared for a game. So that's really the lasting effect here. It's, you know, the infections are one thing, but the quarantine problems are significant. For example, if if a running back tested positive on Sunday, but he was around all of his fellow running backs on Saturday, what does that mean? Does that mean they're all quarantined? I'm not sure how quarantine is classified. Uh, guys, did you see the NFL has these little band, little like watch things the players are wearing? Yeah, yeah. And the officials and coaches all have them, and they can literally contact trace you throughout a game. They know who is oh, in wow. so many feet of you through the game. The computer keeps track of all that. That's crazy. That's kind of scary. Man. We're all it's kind yeah, of we're I, creeping towards Terminator, Zach. It's we're gonna have time traveling Terminators before we know it. it. When I saw the guys in sweats on the sidelines before the game, I thought it was a, a large number. So I started looking up who they were. You know, they had numbers on the the back of their shirts that they were wearing. So I put my camera on them, just started going through the roster and seeing and I didn't even finish because I realized most of these guys were true freshmen or, you know, walk-ons guys that aren't on scholarship or don't really play much. And some of those guys are injured as it is. So I didn't even bother looking up the rest of them because I realized these guys aren't really notable guys out. These guys would be, you know, standing on the bench, their uniforms would be nice and clean and, and not dirty by the end of the game anyway. Um, so yeah, it was kind of strange to see. I don't know what it meant if they were totally injured or if they just, you know, will let you be there and you're just totally unavailable. I don't really know, but you know, it just, it didn't seem like that big of a deal. Once I looked at who the guys actually were that were in the sweats. My God, that's a summary of my life. I'm there, but I'm unavailable. That's just, that's how I operate. I'll be there, but unavailable. That's it. Hopefully. I mean, this is things that all those guys may not play, but they represent an ability to practice. And it's just gotten really challenging for this team to prepare for games without enough players to really properly practice. And, um, you know, everything sounds like an excuse because other teams are going through it. But that's the problem is it's going to be so uneven all season long. You know, other teams are going through it, but maybe not as bad. Maybe they're not down to their third free safety or whatever it is. Maybe they're not down to, um, you know, a completely rebuilt offensive line with substitutes. You know, just how it plays out on Saturdays is going to be difficult to determine. I know this. I'm not a gambling guy, but I would not be betting on sports right now. There's just too many unknown variables involved on top of the known variables of what can take place in any college sporting event. Next question from Cliff Clavin 754 Does the Go Power Cat staff know if the team has been able to have any 1v1s in 11-on-11 practice sessions at all in August or September? Saturday looked like nobody on that field had taken a rep with one another since December or ever. <laughs> uh, they have had some, but, I mean, it's not easy. I mean, they, they were down to three of their top seven receivers, I believe. Um, and that's the guys who started. But, uh, you know, when you're doing that, then you 
you just don't have many opportunities to ha- have many reps. You can't even do a full simulated game because you're rotating guys in so much. It might be guys coming in from across the ball too. So it's it's less than optimal. Let's just say that. it. They haven't been able to do as much of anything that they would like to do and need to do in preparation, but I appreciate Chris Kleiman's ongoing not making excuses saying, hey, we got to line up this way it's going to be, and the guys that are able to play have to play better. Next question from KSU Man. Who do we expect back, and who needs to step up? Uh, Well, really, I mean, I'm not sure. Even Chris Kleiman doesn't know who's coming back. He said that. We don't know who's coming back. We don't even know who's out for sure with COVID and who's out because of quarantine and who's out maybe because they have a high ankle sprain. Um, they've gone full Bill Snyder right now, and I kind of get that. They they don't want everyone to know who's out. I mean, players will come back. I don't think Joshua Youngblood will be back. I think some other guys, any guys coming out of quarantine, how long do you have to quarantine, Zach? I don't understand it. I You sure well, it can't be weeks. The problem is we don't know when these guys entered quarantine. Yeah. You know, we don't know which guys are in quarantine, which ones aren't, which ones just went in, which ones are coming out. We don't even know which guys are quarantined and positive, which if you're positive, you know, you're positive for however long until, you know, it finally goes away and you test negative. Are they making people quarantine even further after that? You know, making them have multiple tests after certain numbers of times just being in quarantine we don't know but from an injury standpoint i don't expect wayne jones back anytime soon i don't malik Knowles. you'd hope would be back looked a little banged up i think as far as injuries we saw skyler i think he's gonna be fine noah johnson i'm worried about yeah i'm worried about Noah that's, Johnson. that's that's the big one i mean i said it in the thread after the game on sunday you know, if, if Josh Revis is your most solid guy on that offensive line, you know, most experienced, took the most number of reps last year, the last two years, Noah Johnson's number two. Right. He's by and far the number two guy, and he's who you want snapping the football. You know, he is a critical member of that offensive line, especially with how inexperienced they are. He needs to be there. And I, I would be hopeful that he comes back, but I don't know. In case it has a lot to figure out on top of all of their other offensive line problems that they showed if yeah. he's out. That looked like a hyperextended elbow on his snapping arm, and that's just that's bad, man. That's Particularly if you got a shotgun snap it, that's just bad. So uh, I'm not sure. Who knows when Wayne Jones is going to be back? It could have been so much worse. It turned out to be a concussion and other things and probably a little whiplash in there, but maybe by Oklahoma, but I would doubt it. And without him, and I don't know what Jerron McPherson's ongoing problem is. I mean, you're talking about both of your safeties then, and oh, Lord. Ugh. Look, it's entirely possible K-State could be nearing. If they have some COVID infections pop up this week, they really could be nearing that 53-man threshold where they can declare a no contest, can ask for a reschedule because it it doesn't seem good right now. But then again, we'll just see how the week plays out. And I hope K-State gets a little more forthcoming about their numbers. They've kind of 
clamp down on what yeah. they're releasing. And maybe I, I need to go pay more attention to the county because they they consider the football team a, a cluster, which it was on Saturday. Um, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, they so they're reporting some numbers there. Like Zach talked about, um, you don't know who's going to be coming back and even when. So you can point fingers all day, but we don't know. But as far as who needs to step up, it, you know, pretty much everyone needs to play better than than they did. The offensive line, it goes without saying that they, they need to do a lot better job, especially if Johnson is going to be out. And something that's not talked about a lot, A.J. Parker's really got to step up. I don't think Adams is going to be the best wide receiver he's going to face this season in the Big 12. So if you can't handle – a dude from Arkansas State who I know is really good, but if you can't handle him, it's going to be a long season yep. uh, for the cornerbacks in the Big 12 for sure. I agree. It, it, uh, You know, though, I take away this from Saturday. The two best pass catchers on the field were a two-star recruit that's at Arkansas State, and I don't even know what Bradley Moore was, but he is a fifth-year transfer from the FCS level, and they're both probably NFL guys. So, I mean, that tells you a little bit about recruiting and just going to find it, find the dudes that fit what you want to do. Next question from WTDD2001. Was this loss Bill Snyder's fault due to lack of recruiting in his final seasons? Well, we're going to have something more on that at Go Powercat. It, it, you know, the, it takes a number of years to restock recruiting, and they did have a good senior class last year that this staff inherited. But now, I mean, even their first round of recruits, the ones, the true freshmen that played, like Khalid Duke, are only sophomores. Um, Jack Stanine, they're true sophomores. And so it's going to take a while. It is an advantage now for programs like Kansas or Kansas State that next year the freshmen from this year will still be freshmen, and you'll have this giant freshman class that – can kind of maybe grow up together and maybe help your program turn the corner. Uh, but yeah, I mean, recruiting was down. We knew it. And, and honestly, people, that's what I was saying that, that things weren't in order. It was going to get worse and you needed to make a change. Honestly, you needed to make the change a year earlier than it happened. Um, recruiting went on for one year longer than what you probably want, but coach wanted to keep coaching and it was hard to say no to him and um yeah i mean recruiting just fell off we could see it we were we were shouting it from the rooftop that recruiting wasn't as good as it needed to be and and uh it is impacting things now um under a normal year i would say yeah you could blame this loss on recruiting under a normal year if both teams are healthy you know, no holdouts. If if everybody's there and K-State loses to Arkansas State, yeah, you can blame the talent level on the field. That's fine. But I don't feel comfortable saying, hey, this is on Bill Snyder's guys because, you know, they, with all the COVID, you know, and the quarantines out, I just, who knows who's what. Um, it's just, it's not a good barometer of, of, or, or a good measuring stick of, of who, of the talent level, I guess. Well, I, you know. I'll say this. I'm not observing a single Big 12 level offensive tackle on the roster right now. Uh, Cooper Beebe tried to fill in. He's a freshman. It didn't go well, but uh, 
I'm not optimistic there's enough offensive line talent, and that does fall on years of recruiting. You don't go get freshmen to come start on an offensive line. Fitz, I agree with you that, you know, who would who would want to come to play for Bill, for Bill Snyder in his final couple of seasons? You don't know how long he's going to be there. Um, I agree the recruiting wasn't that good, but that is certainly not an excuse um, for that loss. That's all on Kleiman. That's on his uh, his staff, I think, that you've got to have your guys prepared. I know there's a pandemic. I know you haven't had all your practices, but schematically you've got to come up with some better plays than that. Um, certainly, you know, he's known Skylar Thompson for a while, so it's not just on recruiting. I think that that is that's, that's all on K-State there. I don't think Bill Snyder's residue has anything to do with that loss. Yeah, and that's kind of what Kleiman's been saying. we got to do better yeah, than we uh, do. Yeah. Yep. Next question from Ohio Powercat. Will the K-State offensive line ever be able to handle a three-man front? <laughs> I don't I you know, I don't know if it was the three-man front or just being bad. They were bad, man. Yeah. It just didn't look good. They didn't block well, they didn't move well. They got every time they tried to pull, they it was like tripping over each other. Yeah, it I think they got too complex on the offensive line for the opener. They tried to do their stuff and they needed to just kind of straight up block for a while. I don't I don't know. I don't I didn't grasp what they were attempting to do there because the guys they had on the field weren't capable of doing it. So maybe do something else. Next question from I like pickles cat. What is it with the big 12? Most college football games are blowouts, So I try not to hold the OU LSU result against OU. The big 12 went one in five in bowl games last year, lost to three Sunbelt schools to open 2020 and Texas tech barely squeaked by an FBS school. Why is this conference so weak? How does it get better? And why can't we climb any higher than we have lately within it? Let's point out what Texas Tech had a pull out of the fire against Houston Baptist. Is that who it was? It yep. was, yeah. Uh, have you seen the photos of the Houston Baptist football stadium? Is it a church? No, it it looks like a bad high school football stadium, particularly from Texas standards. But there's only stands on one side of the field. Because on the other side of the field... Literally, you go out of bounds, and then there's you know the sideline area, and then there's a big chain link fence, and then there's a CVS pharmacy <laughs> right there, like through the chain link fence. A punt could land on the CVS at any moment. That's how bad a football wow. program it is that Texas Tech had problems with. Okay, so Pickles had worded his question, and he put CVS in it, and I didn't know if it was just like an autocorrect thing. Like, I didn't understand or comprehend it. <laughs> Very sorry, Pickles. I should have done my research there. But, yeah, this is worse than a – there's – well, there's probably let's 15, 20 football stadiums and just the Dallas Metroplex that yeah. are better than this. Yeah. I didn't know this is Houston, but – Oh, it's awful. Uh, look um, – it's time to understand that the Big 12 isn't very good. Uh, just from a standpoint of recruiting hasn't stacked up the way it needed to. You know, Oklahoma, well, heck, even Oklahoma hasn't recruited at the level they need to recruit at to compete at the highest level. Maybe this will help. Maybe the good thing to come out of the pandemic is a message from the Big 12 that they're down to play. They don't hesitate. They're going to play football, and maybe they'll win some recruiting battles. Based on that, I don't know, but the Big 12 has got to get better. And I think the biggest thing that hurt the Big 12 was when Texas A&M opened up Texas 
so much to the SEC recruiting. It always was. I mean, players want to go to good schools, but now when you got a home school in that conference, oh, man, the conference has to get better. And you stop and wonder if some of these three-star players the conference is getting aren't as highly rated as they are just because they're getting recruited by the Big 12. I'm beginning to question everything about this conference. I'm not questioning my instincts on the the Bear Bryant of average. Matt Campbell, this is the worst thing to come out of Saturday. K-State losing made me delete a fantastic Matt Campbell shot off of my Twitter. I was ready to unload, and then K-State, and I just put the holster, the gun back in the holster. It's like, nope, can't do it. But my God, to get run out of your home stadium when you're a ranked team, oh, just goes to prove, folks, that K-State was bad, but it could have been worse. I think K-State had the least most, the least embarrassing of the three Sun Belt losses. They didn't fall behind 28 to nothing, and they didn't lose double digits when they were ranked. I'll say that. I agree. It's, but I, overall, I don't know what else to say. Overall, it was horrible. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It was a, The conference yeah. isn't very good, and that could impact Oklahoma. People look at Oklahoma. Well, you really didn't beat anyone. You played Missouri State, then you played the conference. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out in terms of how the Big 12 is perceived by season's end. I did see a tweet from somebody, and I don't remember who it was, but they calculated the number of practices that each – team had in the spring and plus games because i think arkansas state they were 11 plus one spring game but i think you know you look at everybody else all these teams that won you know it's 12 to zero or 12 to one spring practice like you know i think there's some correlation there that that had everything been equal had the preparations been equal all off season if these big 12 teams would have gotten full spring seasons in the outcomes would have been different, but that's just like we've said, this is going to be a crazy football season. Not everything's going to be as equal as it should be. And you're going to see some wild games. Fitz, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I talked about this on the, on my podcast a little bit, but I think Oklahoma's good. Oklahoma state's good. I think West Virginia is going to surprise some people. Other than that, um, all the other seven teams are going to underperform this year. I can guarantee you that um, it's frustrating. It's a down season, but you know, you said it best. It's just, Everything going on with A&M leaving and the SEC is kind of just taking over recruiting and in the Big 12. So it's frustrating, but we're not as good as we once were, that's for sure. Well, that's that's why I think it's so important for the Big 12 to be proactive in the next round of conference realignment if it comes. Uh, don't underestimate yourself. You know, go ask, go ask the prom queen for a dance if you want to. Because USC might say, yeah, let's dance. You're going to let me keep my third-tier rights? I can start my own thing on the side? Yeah, you can. And then you've opened up Southern California to your programs. You know, If you want to get serious about this, you got to look at some of this stuff. you got to solve the West Virginia problem. And this doesn't really solve it, but I know they're not Power 5, but Central Florida, South Florida maybe? And you just opened up North Florida to recruiting more so than ever. So I, I don't know how they're going to approach it. By the way, that what I mean is uh, I believe Orlando is as far away from Morgantown as Ames. 
So it doesn't really solve. They're on the East Coast, but it doesn't really solve the problem. I believe that's true. So, um, yeah, you got to address this. It's not just about your member institutions. It's not just about what your TV contract can bring. Do they bring an impact in recruiting for the rest of your conference schools? Does, does playing in the Big 12 all of a sudden become tangible for a kid from Tampa? Because schools are, are in their neighborhood or in the Big 12. I don't, there's a lot of things here at work, but losing A&M hurt not just because you lost A&M, but because you opened up the back door for a lot of recruiting that has hurt your, your programs in your conference. From TN Cat, considering this year is not going to be completed and the fact that a player does not lose a year of eligibility, can we expect to see more of the redshirt freshman and true freshman play just to gain experience for next year? I probably would at some point, but for now, folks, I got news for you. In the big scope of things, unless you're dreaming of a national championship, which might be a little premature, folks, Saturday, Saturday's game really doesn't mean, Jack, you know what? It, it At the end of the day, it's a loss in your non-conference season, but now you've got nine conference games, and if you lose to Arkansas State and go 7-2 and two in your conference, does it really – I mean, did it matter that much? I mean, that's how you're going to get measured. So I think they'll go into the Big 12 season, and certainly for a few weeks. they got Oklahoma, then they – they come home to play Texas Tech. If they still look dreadful after losing to Texas Tech at home, maybe they'll just double down and say, we're going young. We're just going to play guys and try to get them better. And if it's going to look like junior varsity and we're getting our teeth kicked in, so be it. They'll be back next year without expiring eligibility. I don't know. Zach, what do you think? I think it's. I think you've, you've kind of set the timeline there. If K-State's 0-3, after three games, uh, maybe even, I don't know, I can't think of who's next after that, but you know, if you're TCU, TCU, if you're one and three, Oh, and four at that point, there starts to become a conversation where it's like, Hey, this season is, is done. Let's play the young guys. I mean, it's kind of like September baseball, not in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I mean, just good point. Call, call your guys up, get them experience. You know, I, I, that's this is this is the perfect opportunity to do it. They're going to get an extra year. This year doesn't count. It's free. And if you're not going to go to a bowl game, I mean, all, honestly, even if you're not going to go to a bowl game, even if you win eight and two, if you go eight and two and there's no bowl games after, you know, what's the point of going eight and two at that point? You know, you know, you got to set what what your goal is for this year. Yeah, you can try winning a Big Twelve championship, but and try and making the playoffs, but. You know, who knows if there's going to be a bowl game? And I'm going to counter my own argument. Uh, they Kansas is week five. So maybe that's when they'll, unless things go really bad, they'll just go with the guys through Kansas. And then after that, maybe it becomes the young players in the second half of the season. That is going off the notion, Ryan Gilbert, that they're going to get through the season and play these five games uh, as they are currently lined up, which – as I look around college football, could be doubtful. And another thing fits with the freshmen, their year won't count. And everybody this year, their year isn't counting. You know, if we get to game five and if Skyler, if he gets benched for Will Howard, let's say, how does that affect next season? 
Is Skyler going to try getting his, his spot back next year and throw in a whole nother wrinkle? There's, you know, you kind of got to play. If, if it gets to the point where you're playing the young guys, you kind of got to play, say, well, <laughs> what is the best option for next year? And it might be playing the guy that is a senior and saying, Hey, have fun, go play football. Cool. But next year, you know, <laughs> you don't have a spot. So make the most of it. <laughs> right. It's just, it's going to be weird making some decisions and it's not going to be all about playing the young guys. It's going to be roster management for next year and trying to make sure that you have your best possible roster for next year and the year after and the year after that. So it's going to be tough. I agree. I think the one thing I'd add is maybe even just a, a point of, you know, you're not performing well, you're not giving enough in practice. We're going to bench you. And now that we have nothing to lose, we might as well just put in the freshman. I think it's not just, Oh, to give them experience. It's if this team continues to play the way they did, why not just, you know, straight up bench those players in front of you for that aspect of it. Good point. Absolutely. I tell you what, folks, let's take a break right here on the power cat questions podcast. We'll be back on the other side with more of your questions from Wabash station. The power cat podcast. will be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. We had happy thoughts in the break. We all thought happy thoughts, and you know what? It really didn't help. We're still grumpy. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gills Gilbert, your podcasting trio. Um, uh, guys, I, I just want to say this. I, I, I miss you. I wish we could be in the same room together. I am uh, really tired of Zoom podcasting. It's not the same. It's not. Am I going to see you this weekend? Moving? Yeah, you will. I'm glad you told me oh, that. Boy. I got to rent a damn truck. Yeah, but Gills goes out to the bars. Well, I'm not gonna like. He's the quarantine. And, well, all of his uh, all of his buddies that are coming with him 
will probably be the same way. So I'm going to be standing aside saying, pick this up, carry it, pick this up. <laughs> you, need the Andy Reed. you need the Andy Reed mask. Oh, I should. <laughs> I should. Foggy though. Yeah, I won't get foggy. It won't do it. Speaking of foggy, this is the Powercat Questions podcast. You ask questions, we answer. We're sponsored by The Fridge. Our segment sponsors are the High, Low, and Tanners. I just, I, it makes me blue not being able to visit any of my favorite places, including the High, Low, and Tanners. It's, it's taking its toll on my social self. Uh, but we have our questions. They're almost like close friends coming to visit. And Ryan Gilbert's now going to read them. First question of the second half from email wildcat82. Does Will Howard have it? From my vantage point Saturday, I believe I saw it briefly. Uh, if you're talking about the, the thing that makes a quarterback great, maybe. I saw two plays. One, he was tackled in the backfield, and the other, he threw a nice pass. I'm not going to judge him off that. I wouldn't judge him negatively. I wouldn't, I'm not going to do it positively. If you're talking about it as in the coronavirus, no, he doesn't have it. He played. <laughs> you know, I was pleasantly surprised how well he played in the, in the plays that he had. I don't know if I saw it, but, you know, we go back to last week where we had our argument about, you know, who's, who's the backup going to be? Will Howard, Nick Ost. Yep. I, I was surprised. I was surprised to see Will Howard trot out there, but he performed just as well as you'd want him to. You know, I, the, he, he was satisfactory. He was he didn't didn't do anything crazy, didn't really make any mistakes, you know, got the job done. I know they didn't score the ball on that drive, but he got he did what he needed to do, I feel. I think they thought we're in a dogfight here. Skyler may not come back. Uh, let's put Will in and see what happens. Uh, and then Skyler said, oh, nice pass. I better go back in. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. It was a nice pass. It was a great play by Jackson. It was something that we haven't really seen, you know, that throw right in the middle like that. And I find that interesting. Yeah, I'll give credit. I don't know if he necessarily had it, but he was definitely more prepared uh, than Skylar Thompson was to come into that game. You know, you, you don't even know if you're going to play at all if you're a backup. And he came in, he was ready, he was up to the challenge. Um, clearly, Skylar was not focused in that football game. Um, I wasn't a fan of his body language, like I kind of talked about on my podcast. But overall, I don't know if he has it, but I, I would definitely prefer him over Skylar Thompson for sure. Well, if it keeps going, I, I don't see any reason not to make the change. I just don't. It's free. Yeah. It, it's free progression for your quarterback. And if you lose three, four games, maybe you need to look at it. But then again, Zach's right. Didn't, does Skyler say I'm coming back or does Skyler realize, well, I've lost this battle already? I don't know. It's There's so many different aspects to this season than ever before. Do you think that the gap between Will Howard and Nick Ost is a lot bigger than what they've led you? They've the coaches have led us to believe. Well, the gap uh, in terms of just pure quarterback talent is probably sizable. I mean, not that Nick's bad. I think Will's got a really, really big upside. But the the gap in From, uh, uh, playback playbook knowledge is reversed. I mean, Will's still trying to find his way particularly as a quarterback, because, you know, as a quarterback, you don't just have to know your job. You have to know everyone else's. 
Um, so there's a lot to absorb there. But one can close the gap a lot easier than the other one. I don't know if Nick Ost is going to get dramatically better as an athlete and quarterback, but Will Howard will get dramatically better in the system. So that's going to sort itself out. Next question from Email Wildcat 82 How many true freshmen will supplant upperclassmen this season? Is this a reflection of our improved recruiting? I don't know. But, yeah, recruiting is getting better. And um, they're just more Big 12-ready type of guys. You know, I we always measure recruiting by the stars. But as I mentioned earlier, the two best pass catchers in the game were under-recruited guys. So that's not even a particularly reliable way to do it. But from that standpoint, they're getting a better quality of player. And maybe they're getting a quality of player that is more prepared to step on the field at this level. And if so, play them. Play them. This literally doesn't count. As soon as they're ready to play, play them. I think you might see a couple. I think Deuce Vaughn is in contention. I know that I still think that Harry's going to be the starter for the time being. I mean, I think that it's going to take an incredible performance from Deuce Vaughn you know, coming off the bench for that second series or third series or whatever to supplant Harry Trotter as the starter. Now, you know, whether you start or not, I don't know if that means that one's the preferred option over the other, but if, if Harry Trotter can't have a good first series and he can't, you know, if he's not scoring a lot or if, if they're just not driving the ball, moving the ball well, I think that, you know, maybe you do switch it up and say, hey, Deuce, go try setting the pace for this football game. Um, but I think that he's definitely one that's that's going to be in the conversation. You know, I, I don't know how many others. I think in our recruiting tracker, we we counted five guys that that played. That number will probably grow, and you know, it just kind of remains to be seen how much impact those guys make. But at least through the first game, Deuce Vaughn's really the only one that that showed that flash that he he could be the guy or he could be a guy. He should be the guy. I mean, if Harry, if he runs the way he did on Saturday, I know he had a few good plays. He had a couple first downs, but if he runs that way and Deuce runs the same way he did, I, I don't see why you would have Harry Trotter as your number one back. I know he's older, he's experienced, but I, I, you, you've got to give the ball to her, whoever's running the best. And Deuce Vaughn looked good. I'd like to see him. But other than that, I agree with you, Zach. There's really, really no one else that sticks out to you at this point. And Mosey is supposed to be in a position to maybe play as a true freshman running back also. And that gets intriguing to me because they're kind of similar players. I mean, I, I understand Deuce has some more wiggle to him than your average player, but Mosey's only 5'7", 179. They're both little fast guys, and Mosey's more of a straight-line speed guy from what I'm hearing. And, of course, we saw Deuce can just – those jump cuts are just beautiful. I saw the guys that are able to jump cut and get out of a tackle just amaze me because it's almost like a cat, you know, a cat jumping sideways and then they're just off and running. It's beautiful to watch. Fitz, when was the last time a true freshman player in his very first football game came into media after the game? Oh, wow. Like Deuce did. Uh, jo Josh Freeman? Yeah, that's probably it. Maybe, and, and probably. I don't, I don't remember that for sure. That's a great point. I was thinking of Snyder players because he wouldn't do that. Yeah, uh, right. That says an awful lot so about did. what they think about Deuce and his maturity, though, doesn't it? But, yeah. Um, 
he kind of had to provide him. He was the guy, and he handled himself very well. I'm jealous of his hair. <laughs> I wish I had hair like that. I wish I had cool hair. I wish I had hair. Maybe we should move on. Huh. What was that? Is that someone's stomach? Someone's stomach. Was it me? I heard a... <laughs> I didn't hear it. Hungry. Maybe it must have been me. <laughs> I mean, I am a little hungry. I am a little hungry, but I didn't hear it. So it, if, if I didn't hear it, it, it means it's me. Okay. Mm. Onward we go. Another question from <laughs> Email Wildcat 82 Is Oklahoma underestimating our ability given the large cupcake they consumed on Saturday? Yeah. You know what? I don't know what they're thinking about Kansas State, but let's talk about this. Missouri State. Well, three Big 12 teams lost, but Oklahoma won. They played a dreadful team. They played an FCS team that isn't even playing this fall other than Oklahoma and a home-and-home with Central Arkansas, and they went 1-10 last year. What are you celebrating at Oklahoma? Wait, that's it? They're really playing three games this year? Missouri State's I did not know that. Because the Missouri Valley's playing in the spring. Right. They they green-lighted them to play some non-conference games if they wanted to. So they they had Oklahoma scheduled. They took the payday. And then they booked literally a home-and-home home with Central Arkansas. They're going to go down to Central Arkansas, and then they'll come up for the third game, and they'll play in Springfield. That's their fall schedule. What, They're awful. What conference – what conference is Central Arkansas in? Uh, the one. Are they, they're not in the Missouri Valley. No. Are they in the Southland? Yeah, whatever. That's probably what they're in. Man. Okay. Uh, it's freaking ridiculous. I I don't know. Gills, you could have thrown the ball around the field on Missouri State. I mean. Say thanks. I appreciate that. I mean, Missouri State probably isn't as good as Oklahoma's third string. Honestly. They're dreadful. Oh, Oklahoma looked great. Oh, sure they did. Oklahoma <laughs> might be the best team in the conference. They might kick K-State's butt all over the field. But I'm not going off of that game. And I'm not going off of what happened to to Kansas State and saying they're awful, awful, they'll never get fixed. And I'm not going to say Oklahoma's going to contend for a national title because they beat Missouri State like a drum? <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Yeah. I don't know what they're looking at for K-State. I imagine they're focused on K-State after what happened last year. But I don't know. I mean, maybe this was all an elaborate ruse to suck Oklahoma into being casual. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, there's so many factors. I mean, I don't feel comfortable predicting any game this year just based on – just based on what happened, I, I didn't have a good feeling going into the Arkansas State game, to be completely honest. I, I was not surprised one bit by the final score of that game. I was not surprised one bit. And once Wayne Jones went injured, I knew, I knew Arkansas State was going to score because right. that defense was completely deflated. And, you know, we haven't talked about it, and no one's really brought it up, but Blake Lynch had a dreadful game on Saturday. The most accurate kicker in K-State history missed two field goals. Badly. Badly. And they, they went long enough. He, it's not like he left them short. He left them wide on each of them. One one way, one the other way. He got, the one, he got his third that he made. That was pretty easy. 
But, you know, six points, that wins K-State the game there. Who knows how it changes it, but, man, you know, there's just there's so many other factors that K-State dealt with on Saturday, um, like we've talked about with COVID, with quarantines. Who knows who's going to be the team that K-State fields? Who knows what the team Oklahoma is going to field? We're just going to have to wait and see. And for as a football fan, this is going to be a great season. You're going to see some great games. You're going to see a lot of blowouts, kind of like that BYU Navy game that was completely opposite what the spread should have been. But you're going to it's going to be chaos. You're going to see season. you are going to see chaos all season, and get ready for it because I think K State has just as good of a chance beating Oklahoma as they did beating Arkansas State. I think it's so 50-50 flip of the coin all season that anything could happen. I wouldn't count K-State out one bit in any game this season. That was awful. And, in you know, to his defense, maybe him and the new holder aren't quite on the same page yet. And maybe because of everything going on, special teams hasn't received as much practice attention as you would want at this point. I don't know, but those left the foot and you went, oh, that's no good. I mean, it was just awful. Oh, I, feel, I always feel bad for a kicker when they have a day like that because it's just got to be miserable feeling. You got to feel like when you go to the sideline, everyone, everyone's thinking, I hate you. I hate you for this. <laughs> so it's kind of like you, Gills. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. We don't say it out loud, but we hate you. Like Stephen Gotkowski last night. Oh my God! Now that's a bad oh, day yeah, at the yeah. office. Oh, Ooh. I take it the Broncos won. I was asleep by then. Oh no, no, they he he did he make himself. he made it. Yeah, he made the game winner. What? Oh <laughs> yeah. my God! Oh poor Broncos. Oh. He was so bad, and then he came in, made the chip shot. I think there was a little bit of time for Drew Lock to try getting something together, but they weren't going to win that that's game. Awesome. I think there's like. 15 seconds left. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Next question from Wagcat. Where does Fitz stand on the media? Fox in our case last Saturday, basically just ignoring the missing players. At first, I was a little annoyed that they tried to act all was normal, but I also see how that could become a horse beat to death by week two of the season if they made it a storyline uh, every week. Thoughts? I don't think they really could know. I'm not sure. SIDs are going to be sharing who's all missing. I'm not sure what goes into that. They're so hands-off. I'll be honest, I was a little bit perturbed to hear that they had one-on-one meetings with players, even if they were face mask and distance, because local media isn't allowed to do that. You know, we have to Zoom everything. Uh, I just, yeah. I mean, I, I think they're flying blind in a lot of ways. And and we should point out something that Gus Johnson pointed out during the game. They didn't have a, a like a director in the booth with them. There's a director in the truck, and they didn't have like a – I think they call a stage manager up there with them. And they didn't have their statistician. So if you're calling a game, you really don't have time to evaluate the sidelines and actually go through the 11 guys out there and pick out who's a starter and who's not. You're just kind of wrapped up in the game. And, and honest to God, guys – I don't know why they didn't have those people because they cut away and there was a sound engineer up there. I mean, are all the booths really taken 
Couldn't they have a statistician somewhere else on a headset with them? The statistician doesn't need to be physically with you. He needs to be in your ear. Uh, I just thought I, I thought it was odd, and the, the networks are going to have to figure out how to deal with the pandemic a little bit better. Yeah, well, when I went to go pick up my parking pass on, on Thursday, Lackey told me that, you know, once the game got moved, you know, that added like, 30, 40 people, I think, to the number of people on the credential list for just from Fox. Mm. And it might have even been more than that. And he said that, you know, it was just going to be a, a small crew for the FS1 game. And they weren't even going to have the announcers there in person. It was going to be like mm. ESPN Big 12 games where they just call them from Bristol. They're just going to call it from the studio in Charlotte, which I don't know how it would have sounded for, for you guys on TV, but, you know, it's it's worked for the most part in baseball, at least watching there. It hasn't been terrible. I don't know if that changes for football. I think baseball is a little bit easier of a sport to, to call remotely and from a, from a monitor, but you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of weird that if you, if you're going to bring all these people in, you know, these extra people for this extra production, why not just go all out? If you're testing everybody, mm-hmm. I agree. just do it. I, uh, but I, Speaking of parking, the, uh, how was your parking spot? Um, it was fine. We're, I was a handicap spot. That's what I meant. Yep, you were in the handicap. It was it was funny. Um, I was at Brandonberry Complex. They've like paved. They've paved out there. There used to be a gravel road. Like when we did media last year, Fitz, out by the practice fields, yeah. like the grass fields. You know how it was like a dirt gravel road. Yeah, it's a paved road. They've got a nice parking lot between. You know, the, the track and field and Brandonbury, you know, they got some angled spots there. And then you get to the south of Brandonbury, and that's where we, we parked. You know, there's about 60 spots there or so. Um, that's interesting. Is that yeah, just a it wasn't a lot? terrible one. Yeah, that's where they put media this year. Or at least most media, I think, will park there. I don't know who else is parking there, who's part of that. But, yeah, it wasn't a terrible walk. I mean, no, it's still it's still K-State, like. It's still the shortest walk possible. And if you really want to get down to it, where we used to park on the east side, and ever since they closed off the south end zone to where you have to go into Bramlage, because you've had to do that for a few years now, we would have had a longer walk, longer walk from the east side all the way through Bramlage to Gate D than what my walk was from Brandonbury to Gate D. So, again, they moved us further away from the stadium, but technically not the worst no. and still number one in the conference easily by far, easily by far easy. But to the, to the second point of the question is the storyline and is it going to be a beating a dead horse? Well, yeah. If you're like, well, they're out with, you know, they're without these guys and these guys and these guys. And then there's this team and they're out without these guys and these guys and these guys at some point it kind of cancels each other out. You'd think, you know, yeah, you have so many guys out. Is it worth mentioning? Is it worth it? I don't know. Last question of the podcast from Kane Ed for Zach and Ryan Fitz to set his piece on the BLM patch and honoring our history as a late forties person. I certainly have said my piece pieces on the topics. I would like to hear from a millennial and a Gen Z. I'm more interested in if you think standing on history can and or will have an impact or if you think it is even important at all. 
I don't really know how much I want to stay, say, um, I've written some stuff out. <laughs> I haven't posted anything to the boards, but part of me wants to stay out of the argument just because it's controversial, partly because of my status on the site. But at the same time, it's frustrating seeing the arguments and back and forth. And you kind of want to call it down the middle, but man, part of me just says, you know, when the players, when they make the video and they say, Hey, you know, we're not about an organization, you know, you, I feel like you should kind of trust them there and you should honor that. And then on the other side, the, the Harold Robinson stuff, I agree with that. You know, the history matters. K-State should be proud of, of their history and all sports. There's a lot more than just football and baseball that, you know, they've, they've broken racial barriers on, but the way I see it is in 50 years, when you look back to this game or however many games or this season, when you look at the patch that they're wearing on the Jersey, what do you think people will say? Are they going to be just as proud as we are of Harold Robinson seven years ago? Or is it going to be controversial? And I just, I don't think that it's going to be controversial to see this unified group of players standing up for what's right, which is really a continuation of what Harold Robinson did. Harold Robinson might've been the first, but these guys are continuing to stand up for racial inequality. And that's what the message is at the bottom of the line. It doesn't matter what the organization is or what you think they believe at the end of the day, they are standing up for equality. I know that the message is not what a lot of people like and I get it, but is it, does it really matter? Does it really matter? They are standing up what, for what they think is right. And I think you should support them. I would just want to say that was really good, Zach, uh, that, I'm just worn out by the extremism on both sides. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what your intentions are. It's got to mean this. It absolutely means that. And and the other side is, if you don't believe in BLM, then you're a racist. I'm just so tired of the extremism all over the place, and it's impossible to compromise in that kind of environment. Gills. Well, Kaned, with you know the actual question of the history and all that stuff, I think you guys, you and Fitz, um, you know, especially with the the piece that Fitz did, kind of inspired by you. Um, I quite honestly didn't really know much of any of that history, so you know, you brought attention. But as far as you know, if it needs to be there, I don't, I don't know if it's if it's necessary. If that makes sense, um, it's not something that I have. I don't, I don't have much interest. I don't know much about it. I think that. I wasn't alive, doesn't have much to do with me. That's kind of how I take that. Um, nothing against it at all, but I just don't have much interest in it. But Fitz, kind of piggybacking off of what you said, um, you know, we live in a world today where you cannot just be in the middle. Um, and that's someone who I've, I've pretty much always been my entire life. Um, I'm told that if I remain silent during these times, that I'm the racist, that I've, you know, I'm part of the problem for not speaking out. I've also been told that um, I need to speak out because, or pardon me, I, I need to um, sit back and not say anything because I'm not black. I don't know what it's like to be living that sort of life. So I've been told two separate things, um, but I'm always wrong if I just remain silent. So that that's really the biggest issue for me. 
Um, I, I think a big problem for a lot of people, this is what some people don't understand. When you see BLM, you quickly assume, I think the media overall has a, a big problem in this. You assume that it's really just Black Lives Matter, the organization. You don't actually know that it's just, hey, it's just Black Lives Matter, the statement, um, which I think if you have a problem with, you're obviously just a racist. And that's that's terrible. Nobody, nobody in this world agrees that a black life doesn't matter. Everyone understands a black life matters. Obviously, with what happens with some of the circumstances, with some of these issues, you know, we talk. And I think another a point that I think we don't talk about enough on here as well is Jaden McNeil. None of this would be happening if that dude didn't say what he said about George Floyd on Twitter. That's why these 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 athletes are doing this. That's why we're here debating this every day on Wabash Station. So um, overall, you, you know, I, I'm pretty neutral and I wish I could be. I wish I didn't have to turn on sports and even see this at all, which I know it's not political to some people. I get that. I totally do. But, you know, sports to me are always kind of my getaway from what's going on in my life. And I, I wish that I wish that that could return to that. And I don't have to see um, even if you don't think it's political. I'm not saying it is political, but it's just a message that doesn't have to do with sports, which is it's great that they're using their platforms. I'm not trying to say they shouldn't do that. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of not only the arguments that we're having every day, but also just seeing it every second, whether I turn on my TV or check my phone. Let me go back to your earlier point. Yes, sir. The, the history absolutely does matter. And I know that, you know, saying you weren't alive, I don't really think that's not, a good, Yeah, I didn't. Good I might have said that, but I didn't mean that if it doesn't matter. Here's the example, though. Every year, Major League Baseball, they celebrate Jackie Robinson Day. You know, mm-hmm. they retired the number 42. You know, everybody wears it one day out of the year. Uh, it's a cool yeah. thing that they celebrate Jackie Robinson. And, you know, I think it's only been since 2004. I'd have to double check the look or the date. But it really hasn't been all that long ago that they started honoring him. And they probably should have did it, done it earlier. And the way I see it, at least for K-State, they should have been talking about Hill Robinson a lot earlier than trying to do it now. And I think trying to bring it up now, I, th- I feel like it undermines the current situation that's going on in this, in this country and what these, these players are going through and what they're experiencing. Well, and when- while I think it's, well, I think it's definitely a move in the right direction. Don't let it undermine that these players are continuing the fight that Harold Robinson started. With the Jackie Robinson thing, though, that's only once a year, right? It's not every single game. You're not right. getting a message before. No. And it's not on everyone's jerseys. They have that day. The Royals have dressed to the nines. So they have all these things. I totally get that. If you know you want to recognize that, you know, Jack Trice Stadium, name it after, that's totally fine. Do whatever you want to do, no matter what side it is, you know? I, I don't want to see that every time I watch a sporting event or be I'm reminded. Not, of I, I don't mind seeing it. I guess I shouldn't say that's that. Not, no, that's not what the point is. The point is they do celebrate it. K-State doesn't celebrate it. They have this incredible history that they should have been celebrating all this time. And I think it should be celebrated, and they need to figure out a way to celebrate it. Yeah, but at the, same time, at the same time, don't tie it up into what – don't let it replace what the players are trying to do right now with unity. Hold on guys. All, all great points. Fan, I mean, it's been a good discussion. I thought this would go off the rails. Uh, 
I, w- I really want them to do a Harold Robinson bronze statue, maybe an Earl Woods bronze statue. Um, those guys are fitting of it. And, and honestly, to be blunt, first of all, Harold Robinson should be remembered because he, what he did was remarkable. But putting a Earl Woods statue out there to let everyone know Tiger's dad was the case dater is probably good marketing. Aside from everything else he did in breaking the color barrier in, in baseball. Um, the Harold Robinson story is incredible. D. Scott Fritchin has written a long piece about that. We've run it a number of times. I mentioned it in my book. Uh, and having that associated with the program outside the east side of the facility, I think would be good. I think it'd be great. And I think that first game of the season where they call it, they've called it the family reunion forever. Maybe that's the game they start honoring uh, diversity and also, you know, having Harold Robinson remembered at that game, just like Jackie Robinson, ironically, with the name. So uh, I don't know. There's, I appreciate, I greatly appreciate that K-Ned is pushing the things he's pushing. And it's not just this. He's also trying to remind the athletic department there was great players in the 50s, basketball players in the 50s, that deserved to be in the rafters. And this has been something I believed in. I don't think the Hall of Fame committee is doing deep enough dives. There's wrestlers that should be in. Uh, there's I, Guys, there's not enough K-Staters in the athletic department right now. Old school, young, young guys. Uh, I just kind of feel like a lot of things are being forgotten that honestly shouldn't be forgotten. Your memory has to be predated to Bill Snyder to understand the K-State experience. And that K-State experience runs back into the very beginnings of the institution. But when you're talking about an athletic standpoint, it, it starts at the end of World War II. And, and what happened there by not taking the veterans? It really is significant. It's, it's very important uh, to remember these things because those who came before us did sacrifice a lot. And, Zach, you're exactly right. I wonder in 20, 30 years how this group will be remembered. Where we're at 20, 30 years of society, and will they, will they look back and know that they made a bunch of us uncomfortable or made a bunch of people uncomfortable and uh, kind of forced the issue to the forefront, or was it all for naught? I don't know. But, yeah, I'll be intrigued to see how far this goes. But like I said on the message boards, and, and Gil's brought it up there, nobody's arguing that the the sentiment of the lives of African Americans don't matter. Nobody's saying they don't matter. And and I think most of us, even if when it first came out, we were like, oh, come on, all lives matter. What is this? I think we we understand now what they're saying, that there's a great deal of stress in that population right now. Um and we just need to be aware of it. Just the same as we're aware of uh, maybe you have a neighbor whose mother's sick, you know, and you, you express sympathy towards them because your, your mother's ill. You don't go up and say, yeah, everyone has a mother that's, that gets ill once in a while. It's really, you'll, you'll get over it. You know, you don't do that. So I, I think we're, we're really better now than we used to be. We get it. But just because, you know, you don't want any attachment to 
perceived or real to an organization doesn't make you some kind of racist, but everything's po political now and people will take everything we just said, bend it and twist it to their own needs, whether it's positive or negative. And that's the society in which we live. They, you can say the same phrase to 10 different people and they will interpret that different ways. They'll, they'll pull something out of your inflection. They'll think that you actually mean this. You said this, but you're clearly meaning that. It's the way things run nowadays, and it, it's disappointing. And it's, bluntly put, it's non-functional for a society. A so society cannot function with this level of hatred and friction over political things. So um, that's a hell of a way to end a podcast. Any more thoughts, guys? Well, yeah, I was going to tie one more thing yeah. in. K-State's really... K-State has had this long relationship with Fort Riley, and you go back to World War II, you know who was at Fort Riley back in the 40s? Joe Lewis. Jackie Robinson. Oh, Jackie Robinson. And Joe Lewis. Yeah. You know, like we reversed ourselves talking, each other, <laughs> talking over each other. <laughs> but yeah, those are two guys 20 miles away that were incredible for racial injustice and helping that cause. Who, who told so, the story? Was it Earl Woods that told the story of going down to the gym that was on Yuma or something? The the African-American like rec center because it wasn't integrated anywhere. And Joe Lewis was roller skating in there for to get, stay in shape. He was watching him roller I've, skate. It's, it's a great story. I wish I could recall never, it. I've never heard this story. Yeah, it's it's incredible. That right here in Manhattan, that was happening. But yeah, it's. But the the point is, K State, even Manhattan and the surrounding area has had a a a great history of standing up to racism, right? And integration, and that's what needs to be celebrated. But don't let trying to celebrate our past interfere with what is going on right now. And we need to keep all of this in historical context when uh, a little punk who seems to have disappeared, um, of course, I don't follow him on Twitter, says something outlandish and ridiculous and then bays in the affection of a just a subculture of weird people that all follow each other on social media. And that's really what this is about. If you believed three-fingered aliens are amongst us and they're all going to vote for candidate X, you can find a hundred people on Twitter who believe you and follow you. It's that's what social media has done. No matter how out of the norm you are, you're not out of the norm. There's other people. And that's, that's the way this podcast is too. I found my weirdos. You guys, you guys are my guys. Is that it? Man. Real quick here, you bring up a really good point yeah. with social media. You know, this, you know, black people, white people, everyone, you know, there's always been issues in our world. Now that there's social media, you know, cameras are everywhere to, you know, film what's going on as well as that, 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 you know, the, the viral tweets that spread all the time. That's definitely had an impact on that. But, uh, Knet, I, I don't know if I made it clear enough, but, you know, the, the history, all that matters. If I said it did, and I don't know why I, I kind of slipped that out and said that, but definitely matters. I think the only thing for me is I never was, I was trying to stress was I never necessarily cared about it 
um, much or I even rather knew about it, I guess, until this point. So you bring up some great things and I hope I didn't say the wrong things. I didn't, I didn't mean it if I did. As I have said over and over, um, one of the great flaws of humanity is we seek what is different about us. And, you know, whether it's political affiliation, race, gender, tribe, religion, you know, whether it's you're part of Eastern Europe you're from that defines you. It's just what we do, and it's awful. And, you know, I'm tired, though, of people thinking that the United States is a lot worse than everywhere else. We're, we're a reflection of everything. We just do this as humanity. And I think we can all agree that Matt Campbell's overrated. I think that's the unifying message that we're pulling out of this is that Matt Campbell, his life matters, by the way, but he's the Bear Bryant of average. And he, he proved me right on that. Um, I just didn't get an opportunity to tweet about it because K-State lost. But we're all winners because we listen to this podcast. A little podcast overload, Zach. Have you noticed that on the side? I don't think that's ever happened where – uh, we've had three podcasts all in the top five stories like this morning. It was like, what is going on here? We got this podcast and that podcast. Cause the insiders went up late yesterday because that's what the insiders do. Um, plus Matt Walters is a prima donna and he only has a certain time he can do it. And then Gills is 10 of 12 hit. And then the sources hit It's podcast heaven. If you're a K-State fan, you're not listening to our podcast. You're a loser. There you go. I said it. I just wanted something controversial to end the podcast with. That's it. Thank you to The Fridge. Thank you to our segment sponsors, The High Low and Tanners. You guys are swell, but not as swell as everyone who's signing up at GoBarricad.com. Keep bringing it on, folks, as we grow this thing bigger and bigger. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.